It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the mind of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Guestman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, live in studio, Mr. Kevin Baxter, for the very first time ever. A, a very special happy uh, New Year's to everybody as we do a New Year's Day show for the very first time in Corner of the Galaxy history. Uh, figured there was a lot to talk about with the LA Galaxy now into the uh, 2018 season. Uh, still a lot of roster spots to fill out, some, some different rumors and all sorts of fun things happening. So we're, uh, we're glad you could join us for a live show, the first live show of 2018 as well. Uh, let's talk to the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kevin, how's it going, buddy? Hey, we got a live studio audience here. This I, is awesome. I was going to say your wife is uh, is observing from the ob- observation chair. <laughs> Not right. too bad. Not too bad. No, we're glad you could come down. You had a long drive to get down here. I don't want people to think that we live close to each other. We live on opposite sides of Los Angeles. No, it was a long drive, and all that, hot, all that drag racing experience I got this this winter really paid off and getting me here on time. I'm sure you always complain about those things, and then you go and you learn and you enjoy, and now you're basically a drag racing expert. I just got back from the Cotton Bowl. Now <laughs> I know everything there is to know about college football. Well, good. We're glad that you're here. Uh, we're glad that everybody could see the Corner of the Galaxy Studios newly remodeled, I should say. This is uh, its first sort of debut. Uh, as you can see, all the wonderful, lovely LA Galaxy scarves behind me. Uh, the rest of the museum has all been set up as well. Um, there's, there's one more thing, and for people on the live show, um, you get to actually see it, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Oh, look, lights back there. Okay, that was it. That was the big reveal. Well, you know, the museum here is about to get a donation. I think I'm gonna donate my blonde-haired uh, Landon Donovan bobblehead from San Jose to the museum. It's quite impressive. I wasn't aware that you had this much stuff in here. However, that is on loan, and so maybe a little <laughs> plaque there that's saying saying where it came from. Uh, on loan from the Baxter family. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. I, I understand. No, we could do that. Absolutely, we want that in the uh, in the museum, the quote unquote museum here. But uh, well, I, you know, I have to do that though because the live studio audience has already told me that. This where did it go? Oh, oh, she has it. My Omar Gonzalez locker that you gave me that, that can't go into my office unless something comes out. So, she, she's so. she's at that point with yes, you now. Exactly. You have to take something out before you can put it back in. I like that. That, that so works. it's a trade. That works well. Uh, happy New Year to you and Happy New Year to all our listeners. Happy New Year to you as well. Yeah, it's uh it's 2018, boys and girls. Now just 21 days until the LA Galaxy go to preseason training. I have a a, a New Year's prediction. Okay. 2018. Yes. The, the Galaxy cannot be as as bad as they were last year. This will be a a better season for the LA Galaxy. That, that's a false argument already. I mean, they can be worse. They I, can I, be. They, they could be. I just it's it, unlikely. That would be, yeah, a racehorse. You got to shoot them at that point. <laughs> they would just move. Uh, they'd move the LA Galaxy to Austin. That's what would happen if, if, it, if or, they, or Columbus. There's going to be an opening <laughs> there. By the way, real quickly because yeah. that was an awesome segue. Thank you very much. Um, at the Cotton Bowl, they ran into uh, Cotton Bowl. The USC played uh, Ohio State, and Columbus is in Ohio. And uh, one of the writers that was sent for the Columbus Dispatch turned out to be the guy who covers the crew. And we wound up having a discussion in an elevator of all places. He told me a couple things. He said one th- that um, it doesn't. Look, he's been told by officials within the team that it doesn't look like the Giassi's artist thing is going to happen. Okay, that's that's good. If we've heard that Giassi's artist possibly going to Columbus, that was one right. of those things. And that was a hot rumor for a while. He says it doesn't look like that's going to happen, and he got that from a, a very good source. Um, and I will keep his confidence with that. But he also said that in talking to Camara that a lot of the talks about Camaro coming to the Galaxy are coming from the agent, that the player is actually very happy in Columbus, would like to stay there. That doesn't mean he's unhappy with the Galaxy. It's the, the point is he is not pushing for a deal. The agent is the one 
that is pushing for the deal. And he may not be totally sincere in that. It may be uh, an effort to get a better contract, to get some sort of concessions, but that the player is happy in Columbus and is not in any way, shape, or form demanding a trade to the LA Galaxy. Which, which is interesting. I mean, that is, um, again, this is, and maybe it's the player being able to go back, Kevin, and say, hey, I, you know, I didn't push for this trade, guys. You know, then a lot of times agents do shield their players from these certain things. So maybe he does want to come to the LA Galaxy, but he's not going to be publicly outward saying that. Or maybe it's just the agent trying to stir some things up like agents do. Well, and that's very common in, in international soccer, especially in Europe, where players, a lot of times, uh, the first time they hear about anything is when they read it in the paper. Right. Because the agents planted stuff. Y- you're right. I mean, the, the the last thing a player wants to do is is talk about how he's really looking forward to going to a new team, and then the trade falls apart, and he has to play in front of those fans again. So I- if, in fact, Kamara is playing both ends against the middle, it's actually probably pretty smart. Yeah. and, and Yeah. I mean, that this, especially in a league that is this close as Major League Soccer, trying to wiggle your way into different things and playing both sides is about the best you can hope for because it's certainly not a he's not a free agent by any means. But so let's say both of those things that we just mentioned, let's say both of those things are true. That means the Galaxy starts next season with Giassi's artist as their target striker, a guy who has already been told that he's not wanted, that we've been chopping him. And in fact, we played him at uh, on the back line at right. the end of last season. Right. And so he comes back and you're going to say, "You know what, Giassi, you're our guy. You're the, you know, we're we're following you to the championship." He's going to know that's insincere. Um, is that and and they have no help up front. I mean, as it stands right now. Well, I mean, as it stands right now, even if you you start to even go through the roster, the LA Galaxy are in need of a striker, and we've said that that's sort of been their biggest weakness now that they've shored up some defensive issues, and there's more rumors about other defenders, and I think we're going to get into that in here in a second. But I mean, if you look at it, Jossie Zardes is one of the only attacking options possible for that striker role right now. Well, I have some faith that that, that, that there's something in the works. There is a deadline, however. Um, the, the transfer window is about to open, or is open today, I guess. Um, I think the Galaxy have some irons in the fire. I don't think anything has really risen to the, to the point of the, we know it's going to happen, but they're facing a deadline. Ziggy said he wants everybody in camp at the start of camp. He doesn't want anyone showing up after camp has started. So if you're talking internationally, this is a guy who has to sign, do his physical, get his visa, get his paperwork done, move him or his family and his family to Southern California in three weeks. So the Galaxy's got to get going on this. But I just, I mean, you, you and I can sit here and we're not in the front office of the Galaxy, which may be a bad thing for the Galaxy, <laughs> but we're not in the front office, so we don't know what they're working on. But we do know that if we can see that there's a need for a striker, they can see that there's a need for a striker. Well, we have we have talked to some people even over the last year that there was a big push to get a striker at the uh, the summer transfer window for the LA Galaxy, and when that all fell through, they ended up getting Jonathan Dos Santos. So, I mean, <laughs> getting a striker isn't new for the LA Galaxy. It was it was last year there was an issue, and now they still going in again. 21 days until they report for preseason, uh, 62 days until the opening of the season, March 4th, when the LA Galaxy will host the Portland Timbers. So the time is ticking. Hit with three weeks. Three weeks, Kevin, and you're right. I mean, visas themselves, usually visas, international transfer certificates, all that stuff takes a couple weeks, usually, maybe 10 days. So you're talking about, right now, as we sit on Monday, recording on January 1st, you're talking about the LA Galaxy having to make some announcements here this week into the beginning of next week in order to bring those guys in before January 22nd. And the LA Galaxy, by the way, we'll talk about this a little bit later, not very good at making announcements um, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we had Chris Klein signing a five-year contract extension um, 
when I went to the Galaxy for confirmation of that, they did not deny it. They asked me to hold on to it for a couple of days because they wanted to prepare a press release and a news conference. Um, that never happened. I still haven't seen an official release from the team that Chris Klein has been signed to an extension. We know that that's happened. You know, they never ever did a, a release on Roman Alessandrini when he signed us here. There's no official press release on this. So, you know, I, I don't have a lot of hope that, uh, you know, if they do sign somebody that we're going to find out through the normal channels, I think it's going to be something that maybe somebody's going to break. The only big name that I've heard um, as far as a striker is Robin Van Persie, and I still believe that that is a, a distant rumor and not anything that might happen. I, I got told recently about Robin Van Persie, and believe this if you will, but that it is still an option. Let's put it that way. It's an option. I'm not going to say that it's happening, right? And I certainly didn't move it. I moved it from lukewarm to warm on the Galaxy corner of the Galaxy trade tracker or rumor tracker, so it's warm in terms of there's some heat to it. People are still talking about it, but I'm with you. I think that's a stretch now. Yeah, and and one thing, let's just say Van Persie is is a serious option. Here's a guy that's you know from the Netherlands, played in in the Premier League, is in Turkey now, not playing. But again, my point being another European player. It seems like the rest of the league has discovered Latin America, and the Galaxy still seem to be lagging behind. We keep hearing they're going down there and they're scouting. Even the two Mexicans they have were signed out of Spain, signed out of Europe. So. <coughs> I don't know where the galaxy is or what the disconnect is, but it seems like uh, the rest of the league, you, you look at Atlanta, you look at Minnesota, and now LAFC, they found some good, young, talented players down in Latin America, Uruguay, Paraguay, places a little bit maybe off the beaten path, and those guys are flocking to MLS. There are now more Latin Americans in MLS than there is uh, players from any other region in the country, more than Europe, I think more than Africa and Asia combined Latin Americans. And the Galaxy have two Mexicans that they signed out of Spain. Yeah, it seems to be a repeating sort of revolving door. I mean, even if you look at some of the rumors that are coming up right now, um, we can talk about, you know, Perry Kitchen. And you can say, well, how is that really? Well, he was playing over in Scotland. And so, you know, that's a, sort of a European get. And, and it could be difficult to sort of... Uh, draw him back to the galaxy as I'm struggling with not coughing by the way I picked up a cold when I don't podcast for a week Kevin I get sick which is always what happens and so this is my penance for not podcasting for a week well you need to be ready in three weeks because camp opens that's what I heard that's what I heard well so. and speaking of Latin Americans you had a oh there's Josh losing it again you had a uh, uh, came across an interesting story about a Latin American that could have come to the Galaxy last season, and Joe Corona. Yeah, Joe Corona, and this was from Ives. Uh, Ives reported this. He did a talk with Joe Corona. Uh, apparently, the uh, Joe was ready to come to the LA Galaxy. Joe Corona ready to come to the LA Galaxy. Um, a midfielder, a guy who lured I, lured by Bruce Arena, lured by Bruce Arena, set up and ready to be signed by Bruce Arena. Bruce Arena departs for the U.S. Men's National Team. Uh, Pete Viennes comes in. Remember, uh, Pete Viennes was in there before Cardinalfo was officially announced there. So, by the time Pete comes in uh, with Chris Klein and the rest of the LA Galaxy front office, Jovan Karofsky and all the rest, uh, by the time they get to it, um, they nix that deal. Um, and, and this is what I've been told. They nix that deal and decided to sign Jermaine Jones um, and then also Joao Pedro. And if you look at the total money in terms of how much that sort of came down, maybe Joe Corona was the better answer there. In fact, not maybe it was the better answer uh, in terms of what to get for a midfielder and at what price. So, um, you know, again, it, it's sort of rehashing some old stuff that happened in 2017, but I do not think, and I was we were talking about this uh, a little bit beforehand, I've been told that there seems to still be a power struggle going on in the LA Galaxy front office, which baffles my mind because you just had the worst season in franchise history. 
You get rid of a coach who largely had no responsibility over the personnel, and everybody agrees that the Gala Galaxy and how the team was put together last year was a, was a disaster. Um, that's pretty pretty clear. So you have a, a you get rid of that coach. Um, you go in and you don't get rid of the general manager who was in charge. You demote him, but apparently you demote him into a position where he's still able to influence the LA Galaxy one way or the other, and that even goes as far as player personnel. Now, I'm not saying that Siggy Schmidt doesn't have final say on all this stuff, but if you still have a guy who put together a roster, Kevin, that was the worst in franchise history in terms of results, and he's still in there trying to effectively make moves or influence moves one way or the other, that's a problem. Well, a couple of things there. First of all, it does seem like Pete Vianis took kind of a Donald Trump versus a Barack Obama policy in that what his goal seemed to be at some point was just to undo everything Bruce Arena had done. We know about the Joe Corona thing now, which we didn't know about before. Um, the Ashley Cole thing. Uh, when Bruce Arena signed Ashley Cole for $300,000, there was a handshake agreement between the two men that if Ashley Cole decided to come back, he would get, uh, I was told, it was between 100000 and 125000 He would get a raise, a bonus, however you want to cl uh, clarify that. The Galaxy did not pay that. They actually told Ashley Cole... Look, that was between you and Bruce Arena. Bruce Arena is no longer here. A.J. De La Garza was told he was not going to be traded. Bruce Arena leaves. A.J. De La Garza is traded. There did seem to be a lot. You know, Pete Vianis is kind of looking like the guy who broke the galaxy in some ways. You know, th there were some agreements that he decided that he was going to be the, uh, that he was going to make his own decisions, and he did. If they worked out, we would be talking about him as executive of the year. They didn't work out. They failed miserably, spectacularly. Um, and now, as you mentioned, he was demoted, and Ziggy, Ziggy and Ziggy's son were given sort of the player personnel role. There is a lot of talk coming out of the Galaxy um, offices now that Pete is trying to exert his influence with those two, is trying to push some more player personnel decisions. Um, and I think they need to keep that guy at, at, at arm's length because it didn't work last time. And then on top of all this, the guy who was Pete Lyannis's boss, um, Chris Klein gets the five-year extension that we talked about. But the interesting thing about that is when they started this, I want to say experiment. Am I on TV? Experiment. Yeah, experiment, yes. Air quotes. When they started this experiment of going young last year, everybody was on. And you talked to anyone, in the fr everyone was on board. You talked to anyone in the front office, and it was like, we did this, and we think this will work. And our team has the engineered this strategy. When it went south, you heard a lot of people say, well, that guy wanted to do this. And and that guy wanted to do that. Um, and all of a sudden, it was a lot of finger pointing. And it sounds like some of that is still going on. Yeah. And, you know, it's just you have to go off the track record. Again, if Pete went out and made all these great signings, which, I mean, okay, so Roman Alessandrini, everybody would point and say, hey, that's a great signing. That The LA Galaxy got what they wanted there. But I think we've told this before, is that there were people in the front office without naming names, I'm sure you can all assume who I'm talking about, who did not want Roman Alessandrini. And there was an argument that went on and eventually brought him in. Um, I think maybe that was around Cardinalfo possibly won uh, in, in that particular case. Um, so, I mean, you almost didn't have Roman Alessandrini. You could have had Joe Corona, but you got Joao Pedro, which Pedro's going to be a good player. Um, but, you know, is Pedro a better player than Joe Corona? Joe Corona is more ready to make an impact for the LA Galaxy. Why don't you bring him in? Why do you go after J Jermaine Jones um, at $722,000 a year? Uh, you know, I mean, there's lots of things that you could go back and track. And yes, you can go back, Kevin. Maybe it's unfair to go back and say, well, all these decisions were wrong whenever you go back and look at them. But that's sort of what you have to do. How did last year fall apart so greatly? It's pretty obvious how it fell apart so so quickly is that it wasn't constructed well. And it's still happening. I mean, Siani, we're hearing now that's that that from people in the organization again that 
Siani, they, it's a bad contract. They got a guy, he signed, they have to pay him, he has to be here. They don't want him. And apparently he, he may have to play if they can't get rid of him. He may have to play simply because they have to have 11 players in the field. The, and he would be one of their best the, 11, but they don't like him. The guy, the guy gets paid $620,000 a year. Um, that's what his 2017 salary was estimated at. That's not how much he actually made during 2017, but that's his yearly 2017 salary. So he makes $620,000. So unless he takes a $350,000 pay cut, you're sitting on a guy who uses targeted allocation money. So anything over $500,000 would be a TAM guy. Um, and then you also have a guy who takes up an international slot. And I, I think maybe I'm the only one who ever rings the alarm bells on international slots because everybody just pretends like they're super easy to get and you can just do things with them, and you can up to a certain point. Um, but at the same time, the LA Galaxy are sitting on seven international players right now. Uh, those international players, Giovanni Dos Santos, Jonathan Dos Santos, Roman Alessandrini, uh, Siani, you have Joao Pedro, you have uh, Shelvec who just came on, and you have Felcher who just came on. So you have those guys now are seven of the eight international slots the LA Galaxy currently have. Now, what about Boateng? He is, has a green card? Apparently, or? he does. Don't it's okay. the, the, the arguments about trying to figure out player status is one of the longest, re, most ridiculous things that I have ever been a part of in terms of chasing stuff down. With the MLS head office, by the way, people cannot just simply answer a question sometimes about whether or not this player is an international, whether he has a green card, whether he's just considered a domestic player. You, you, everybody complains about the transparency throughout the league, Kevin. To me, not being able to figure out a player's status with a simple email. Yes, he's an international player. He's a homegrown player. Oh, he's not a homegrown player. Yes, he is a homegrown player. No, he's not. It's unbelievable most of the times. I, I know people think that you and I dig up a lot of stuff and that we always get answers to things. I would say, what, 75% of the time we have absolutely no answer. No, and, no, and it's like, is the sky blue? And they uh, will get back to you on that. And they never do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you know, speaking about that, I, I, I wanted to say that when I first came on the Galaxy Beat full-time, after one of the Galaxy's championships, and I think it was 2012, I talked to Chris Klein, who was just sort of new in the job, and we had a conversation, and I said, look, you know, what I want to be able to do with you is I want to be able to go to you and, and tell you I've heard a story, I've heard a rumor, or I've seen something written, and I want you to tell me honestly whether it's true or not. And he promised he would do that. We had a conversation later where he said, I want you to be tough on us because our, our media partners, they're, they're too easy on us. You know, no one challenges us. I want you to ask tough questions. And I took him at his word. And now, um, it, you know, it's gone 180 degrees the other way. Uh, anything that we write or say on the show, um, the Galaxy takes exception with because it's not talking about how great they are. Um, and, it, you know, it, in, in some ways, they've kind of just gone dark. You know, they, they don't return calls. They don't answer questions. They don't provide information. And it, it, you're right. It does become very difficult to cover this beat. Um for you or for me, for anybody, uh, to cover this beat when you don't get answers, you get spin, you don't get facts, you get propaganda. I mean, you know, not to go too inside baseball here, but I think people deserve sort of to understand how we get information or at least how we try and disseminate information that we receive. And we get tips from people and there's wonderful listeners out there and there's people that we know that will send us information and we'll say, hmm, that's interesting. And so then we'll do a little research, gather up some more facts, talk to some other people who maybe can, can uh, you know, say that, yes, that's true or no, it's not true off the record, do the different things. And then you can go to the LA Galaxy and you can say, hey, is there anything to this? The difference between some teams in the LA Galaxy right now is that unless you basically threaten to publish it because you know you're right and you have to go way out on a limb in order to do it, um, there's usually not a confirmation there. 
there's usually, in fact, there's almost an, an ability to dissuade you from reporting anything. Uh, it, they, I, I feel like they want to be in control of everything, but by doing that, they it feels like they're just quiet and shut-ins. Well, and, and you know, sometimes the answers will be, where did you get that? Yeah. I heard Chris Klein just sign a five-year contract ex- extension, and it's not yes or no. It's where did you get that? And then they'll sometimes with some of these things, they, they'll deny it. You'll find out, hey, you know, Alison Drini signed a three-year contract. No, 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 that's not true. I don't know where you got that. And you find out later, no, it's only a two-year contract. That's why they denied it. I mean, why not just correct it? it the thing is, is I try not to look at what I do in this job as, as being, uh, you know, breaking the Watergate story or anything, but I do think that I'm a conduit to the fans, um, and the fans sometimes want answers to some of these questions that I have. And so when the team doesn't want to talk to us, they don't want to talk to their fans. That's how I see it. Well, and and this is not going to be to toot my own horn, except it absolutely will. This is going to be a, a humble brag, abs- like from the from the very beginning. Uh, this podcast did 140,000 listens last year. That's because of me, though. That's because of you, yes. Yeah. Um, which was up from 65,000. See, thank see, you very yeah, much. There you the go. Baxter you bump, the Baxter <laughs> bump. There it That's is. exactly what it is. So, and, and so it ends up being about uh, 1,400 people per podcast if you really want to bend it down. So we have the ear of 1,400 hardcore LA Galaxy fans. These aren't the people who just like sit there and don't interact with the Galaxy. They show up on game days and, you know, yeah, they were. No, no, no. These are the hardcore fans. These are the people who are on Twitter complaining. These are the people who are on Facebook complaining. These are the people who are saying, I don't know if I'm going to renew my season tickets because this organization doesn't feel like they're treating me right. All these things. And granted, you could say that Twitter and Facebook are not the real world, and I would agree with you 100%, because if there's 1,400 hardcore LA Galaxy fans listening to us, and there are 7,000 season ticket holders, let's throw 7,000 out there. That's usually my good estimate, Seven to 8,000. 95. 95. Well, it was 95. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so anywhere, anywhere in between there, between seven and 10,000, that that means that there are a bunch of people who aren't listening to the show, one, which is just devastating to me. I'm like, why aren't you listening to my show? Uh, but two, that means that there are people that are just getting their news from other places, which probably entails the LA Galaxy website, which is rainbows and unicorns most of the time. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, that, that season ticket number 95, I think, is, is, is the high watermark. But, uh, and I'll just throw this out there. I, I know there are a lot of fans that are disenchanted, and I, and I believe that they also share our frustration that they don't think they're getting answers from the team. LAFC will announce shortly that they have sold out their allotment of season tickets, which is 17,500 for the first season. And after that, the rest of the tickets will be sold on a single-game basis. Um, if that turns out to be true, I'm just curious what you think. Are those, If it is 17,500 or 15,500, um, does that mean that some of those people have left the Galaxy to go to LAFC? Do you think it's fans that have never tried... MLS and are checking out the new team. Uh, you think that these? I, I'm I'm sure it's the excitement of the new team, and it's like that. It's likely to drop off perhaps significantly in the second season. But do you think there's a lot of disenchanted Galaxy fans? Yeah. that have gone over. I well, I, a lot. I don't know how to quantify the the a lot. I know that there are certainly some. Um, I think there are some people who have tickets to both, which you know I'm sure angers hardcores as much as you could possibly think. Um, I think that they did. I think they did draw some. I think that you're talking about people who like aren't hardcore LA Galaxy fans that are sitting there going, I love soccer. I love watching soccer. I like going to Galaxy games. Oh, LAFC is opening up with a brand new $350 million stadium that's, you know, in, in South Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, I'm going there. I'm going to do that. Um, you know, I don't know that it's a ton, but I certainly think there are some angry people who are just like, I'm done. I'm fed up. However you want to say that. I, 
they they do studies on these things about whether or not people stay loyal to teams. And in the vast majority, the answer is no. People don't stay loyal to teams. So anytime you see a p- person switching teams back and forth, it's it's more the norm that you actually switch teams. Now, for hardcore fans, that's unheard of, and they're calling me a liar right now. People do not stay loyal to teams. It never has. You know, Angels fans become Dodger fans. Dodger fans become Angels fans because they moved, because they go here, because you do different things. That's all part of this. And being MLS hasn't been around that long. I mean, you know, 23 years. Yeah, if you're a 96er from, you know, an LA Galaxy, you're probably not switching teams. But if you're a person who came in in the last five years, cool. The LA Galaxy won some championships in, you know, 2012 and 2014. That was fun. Oh, they were really good. Oh, all these other things. And, um, you know, I, I still think that it's not uh, old enough, at least not old enough in my mind, uh, where they have done anything else. We actually have a phone call here. Uh, 626, who's this? Uh, this is Matt. How you guys doing? Good. Hey, Matt. how are you? What What do you got New for Year. us? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. Kevin, I didn't know you were a Man City fan, but uh, good to know. Oh, you get you guys can see me, right? Yes, they can see you. Now yep. you know that I got a face for print media, don't I? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, two questions, guys. Yeah. Uh, I know that the striker thing is all up in the air right now, but if we don't land a striker before the season starts. What's the likelihood that Jossie's artist still gets a starting spot in that forward attacking role? Uh, good question. I think he starts there simply because there's no other option at this point and because of the money. Yeah, I mean, the, the money is a big deal. In, in Major League Soccer, if you're paying somebody, uh, you know, over a, you know, the max budget here, and Jossie's artist is currently making $577,500, that's not a small amount in Major he'll League get Soccer. A raise, and he'll get a raise. You, you would expect his contract yeah. continues to go up just because raises are usually built in. Um, <clears throat> so when you're spending that type of money, it's difficult to sit him. I mean, what do you think the LA Galaxy's options are outside of Jossie's artist? Is there somebody else who can play there that you're willing to give the starts to, and then what do you do with Zardis if he's not going to be starting at striker? Here's what they do with with, with Zardis. Um, I, I think they're going to say, look, he got off to a bad start last year. He was a little bit injured. He didn't mesh with Kurt. Ziggy came in too late. Now, and Giassi has said he's been working with Dominic Kinnear, and, and he's been making some advances with Dominic Kinnear. I think the Galaxy says, look, it's a different Zardis this year. He has chemistry with Ziggy and Dominic. I, I don't believe a lot of that, but I think that's what they're going to say, and then they're going to cross their fingers and hope it works. What do you think? What do you think they should do? Uh, I mean, honestly, with the experiment at right back last year, uh, I think that they're just trying to figure a place for him on this team. Um, all I know is he wasn't the Zardes, legendary Zardes of 2014, and he's got to figure it out fast because you know, we weren't winning games with him, and it wasn't fun to watch because he was just kind of ignored and abandoned on the field. So, And, and that kind of preludes into my second question. What formation, based on the signings, are we trying to attempt for next year? That's um, a, yeah. is it a four five one. Is it a four four two? I, I don't. I don't is quite it, know. Based on yeah, yeah. it's like or. a seven three one maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> With the number of defenders, so so you've seen where the Galaxy have bulked up at defender, and then they already had a bulk in midfield. So you know maybe a one striker up top is something that you could look at a four five one. Um, I, here's the thing is you have to find a place for Geo to play too. And Geo plays best as the, uh, second striker, uh, underneath the first striker, but like he needs like a nine, but not really a nine. Cause he's not really, he's a not stretching. Nine. He's a, a false, false nine. nine. Yeah. He's but, a false nine. Yeah. yeah. He, well, actually, I don't even know. He's, he's, here's the problem with, G, uh, with, uh, Geo is that he's not a 10. He's not a nine. I don't even know if you could call him a false nine because 
even that floating around, he's not great at, but he seems to play well off of somebody. So he needs a partner, but you can't put him in a two man sort of side by side. That doesn't seem to work. And so I know, I know there's more places where Giovanni dos Santos doesn't play than where he does play. And I have not figured it out and watched him uh, for a long time. He was effective, which is scary because I remember saying, and I'm sure everybody remembers this too, is remember saying that that Gio and Robbie King can't play together. Right, We were saying they take up the same space, they don't work. But looking back at that, that was a much better partnership than anything that he's been able to pull off so far, except when he and Roman Alessandrini were sort of linking up there towards the end of their little winning streak that they had on the road. I think that San Jose game was sort of the, the best um, you know, look at what those two could do. But I don't know where... I mean, the easiest thing for the LA Galaxy to do this year would have been to offload Giovanni Dos Santos and Jonathan Dos Santos. Um, and rebuilt the team around a, you know a solid striker and then maybe a, a, an actual number ten because they just don't have one that way. Well, gotcha. yeah, what? I was going to say you have anything else? You good? I have one last question. Yeah, go for it. Um, we unloaded all our goalkeepers. Yes, and the Bingham contract isn't set in stone yet, and there's that rumor that he's going to float away. Um, why do you think we unlocked all of our keepers versus maybe just getting rid of one or two? Thing. Because aren't we going to have to sign minimum wage keepers or veterans of the league that already have a higher salary base anyways? That doesn't make sense to me. Thank you very much. I've been making that point all offseason, and Josh has been looking at me askance. I believe that they should have kept at least one of those. Maybe not Roe. He's too expensive if, if you've already decided that you're not, he's not going to be your starter. But, um, you know, Diop, people seem to think he has an upside. He wasn't very expensive. Kempen was a guy who did everything he was asked and I thought was a good clubhouse guy. He was a guy you could have kept. I, I agree with you. you, you you're going to need three goalkeepers. You had three goalkeepers. Why get rid of all of them? Why not keep at least one just sort of as a foundation to build on going forward? This, this is not a good answer. Don't pretend that this is a good answer whenever <laughs> I give it to you, okay? Because I don't know that it is. But I will tell you very, very, very clearly Siggy Schmidt had zero confidence in all three of those. And that, that's, that's why he—that's why there's no longer three goalkeepers yeah, on the I, Galaxy. I, I, I agree with you. But, I mean, even a team that, that, that gets rid of its entire bullpen generally keeps one guy just so he, people know where the keys are. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, would say, I would say right now that the Bingham deal still, in my mind, gets done. And I think that it probably gets done this week when it gets done. Um, you know, there is a rumor floating out there that maybe it wasn't a locked deal. I think with Dominic Kinnear uh, in part of the coaching staff, I, I think that there's a good reason for Bingham to come down and be the number one. He's going to be the number one. Um, so I, you know, that's one goalkeeper, but you're right, by the way, you have to find another goalkeeper. You have to find at least one, and then you're going to use somebody at LA galaxy two in order to come up in emergencies. So you need to find two goalkeepers. Bingham's probably one. And there's probably some guy that we don't know about who's out of contract that they're going to sign to be the number two. But you know, what's interesting is, is again, talking about the gang that can't shoot straight, which is again, you know, we're going to be hard in the front office because it, you, you can't be gentle with last season. Now, if, if they turn out to be a championship team, Josh and I will eat a lot of crow and talk about how great they were. But for right now, you look at the front office and they thought they had the Vancouver goalkeeper. Then they thought they had the San Jose goalkeeper and they have neither one. Now, they can still land both. But if they don't, after having letting everyone let everyone go, believing they had two guys that were going to bring in, if that doesn't happen, man, that is another yeah. serious blow. Yeah, big thing. All right, hey, thanks for the call, man. We, we appreciate it. Uh, happy New Year, and uh, and we appreciate the listener, right? Thank you. Right, happy thanks. New Year's, huh? Speaking of whether Giassi's a 9 or a 10, 
Bo Derek was the perfect 10, right? But <laughs> actually, Kevin De Bruyne. Wow. I'd wow. Kevin wow. De Bruyne. Hold, hold on. Let's pump the brakes for a second. <laughs> Bo Derek. You didn't just date yourself at all with that. No, no you're that fine. That was a black and white movie. That was. Well, <laughs> I, they had talkies right after that. I was going to say, there was a piano and organ player <laughs> with that movie. All right. Yes. Go ahead. Continue. Yeah, I was just going to say Kevin De Bruyne is the perfect 10 now. And, and, and yeah, I was going to say no, no bias at all in that in that statement at all. So uh, no, I you, listen. The goalkeeper position is is really you, you look at what the LA Galaxy have. They have 15 players signed to the to the roster right now. They have two that are sort of hanging out there in terms of they have their rights, but they haven't signed their contracts. And then you have two other players, Ashley Cole and Baggio Husidic, um, that could possibly be a, you know another two players that you could if they sign all four you have suddenly you have 19 players and you have a goalkeeper um but i'm starting to very very much doubt that ashley cole is coming back to the la galaxy with the with how long this has played out yeah you would have thought that i I know that he wanted to come back he told me at the end of the season he wanted to come back but the money thing bothered him and it wasn't the money it wasn't the amount of money it was the principle he he mentioned (coughs) to me a number of times that you know, when somebody gives you their word, you, you take them at their word. And I came across the world to play here. And uh, it, it was the principle of the thing. And if, if the Galaxy has not relented on that and tried to come to some sort of agreement with him, I would not be surprised. He wants to play, but he, he doesn't need the money and he doesn't need to play that badly. By the way, without a goalkeeper, my experience has been if the Galaxy don't have a goalkeeper, they're going to give up a lot of goals. Will, but will they give up more goals than they gave up last <laughs> That's season? <a> good point. <laughs> now, now, with the seven line. defenders, yeah, <laughs> it will be tough. Well, I mean, you know, we talked about different rumors. That one of the rumors that sort of puts Ashley Cole in doubt for me, and this is where you say that whether or not they can get the money is whether or not Ashley Cole comes back. I think that there's a possibility the Galaxy may not even want Ashley Cole back. I think Siggy Schmidt has been coy about it from the very beginning, saying, hey, we're going to talk. But there's never been any, yeah, we love Ashley. He's the best ever, and we want him back on our team, and we're going to make that deal happen. There's That's never... a huge mistake in my in my mind. I, it very well could be. He should have been the captain throughout the, the last waning parts of, of 2017. He wasn't. Jermaine Jones was. That was a mistake, in my opinion. This is another mistake if they don't bring him back. But there's good arguments for not signing him, too, and the fact that he's 37 years old is but, one of the best. That's a good argument because he's, he's at that age where – you say, can I, you know, it used to be always trade a guy one year too soon rather than one year too late. And, and that kind of looks like that thing is, is Ashley Cole played really well last year, but is was he on borrowed time? Could he break down this year? That's a very good point. I don't think he's costing them a ton of money, even if he gets the little bump he's supposed to get. But on the other side, I'm a big believer, and I've had a lot of executives in a number of sports tell me that, that I'm wrong on this, but I'm a big believer in locker room chemistry. Um, that if you want to be around a guy and, and, and you like him, that you're going to play better beside him. And there are people that are stars that can be jerks, uh, and you put up with that. Robbie Keane, uh, Landon Donovan and Robbie Keane did not like each other. They got along together for the good of the team. I don't know that that disrupted the clubhouse, but my <laughs> point in that long intro is to say a lot of people like Ashley Cole in that, in that dressing room. The defenders love him. He has been so free with his time and his experience and trying to bring guys like Daniel Starris and Romney and some of the younger guys along that he's almost like a coach on the field. And Ziggy can say things all he wants, but when a player like Ashley Cole, the greatest left back in the history of the English national team, when he tells you something, it's an entirely different matter. So just for that alone, you have a young team, young defenders. um, They're your future. To have a guy like Ashley Cole sitting in there uh, schooling them a little bit, I, I think, would have been worth the money. I, I think the the big sort of thing... Now here's some new rumor that came out uh, uh, just after Christmas um, that Hungarian defender Adam Lang... I don't think we talked about this. I've 
in my mind, I've already talked about it 17 times. But Lang, that's a, a very typical Hungarian name. <laughs> yeah, so Adam Lang, 24-year-old defender. Uh, this is one of those reasons that I think Ashley Cole might not be coming back. Another international, 24 years old, 22 caps for the Hungarian national team. He probably plays center back position is where you're thinking about where he slots in, which means that Shielvik could be out on the left-hand side, which is where he has played a lot. Which he's very fast, right? Wh- apparently he has some pace and he has some size and he's a, he's a good addition there. Um, so he could play that left back position. So... If you're gonna find, if you're gonna sign Lang, which to me, I've had discussions with multiple people on this. They're trying to tell me that this seems like a good signing for the LA Galaxy, and for me, I'm sitting there going, "How many defenders do they need?" When you figure that now they pretty much have backups in every position because you have Ariano, you have Steres, you have Siani, you have Shielvek, you have Felcher, and you're gonna have Lang as well. And not only that, but Lang as an international. The international is a big deal now. You're running out of international slots, even if you go to New England, where you can always buy an international player because I think they have like six spots open and they don't spend any money. Um, you can always go buy one from Robert Kraft. He'll sell you one, no problems. But at the same time, that becomes more and more difficult to plan for the long term because you're going to need to buy that spot every single year because they're only good for one year. Um, <clears throat> so when you look at these things, signing line to me seems like a headache. Now you don't have an international slot for a striker. You still need a striker. Um, and if they stick with Jossie's artist, Jossie's artist, in my opinion, is a guy who wants out. Uh, I don't think he wants to play with the LA Galaxy anymore, um, just after having to play defender and everything else that he did last season. I think he wants a change in scenery. I think the LA Galaxy want a change in scenery, Kevin. So for him to go, it makes a lot of sense, but they have to get that deal done now, and then if they do get the deal done, they don't have a striker coming in. There's, To me, it feels a little bit, a little bit, like how the roster was put together last year in terms of you're not filling the need. Where's the need? The need is striker right now. Assuming that you have Bingham as your goalkeeper, the need is striker. You filled the defender spots. Good job. All right, we were told. The LA Galaxy need a right back. Felcher, done. Okay, the LA Galaxy need a center back. So they got Shelvick. Let's say Shelvick's the guy. Done. They need a goalkeeper. Bingham. Let's pretend that's done. These were all the things they that, that we were listed, Kevin, in 2017, before the season even ended, but of what they were going to do in the offseason. What's the one thing that they don't have is a striker. And that was the problem going into last year. I remember we talked about that last year. It was like, if this guy performs, then they'll be okay. But there were a lot of question marks. So it, it, they still haven't addressed that. And as you mentioned, the international slot is very key because – if they don't have an international slot and they don't have a striker, that means they have to go within MLS. Or do you, do they expect somebody like a Bobby Wood is going to come back? No, probably not. I don't think Bobby Wood comes to MLS at this point. I'm, I'm looking at the allocation order, too, because that's one of the important things that you need to know as an LA Galaxy fan. I haven't found what the 2018 allocation order is. Do you know what it is? Do you, I, don't, I think LAFC has the first spot unless they traded it. So they would have first, and then it goes second, I believe, would be the LA Galaxy. Worst in this record, predict. yeah. Worst record is usually how the allocation order goes. So for any of those guys coming back, that might be something. Um, we've talked about uh, the Adam Lang thing, so that's the defender there. Um, Perry Kitchen which we talked about before, I will tell you that that still seems like that deal gets done, even with all of the little hurdles that seem to be happening with DC United holding his rights and everything else. There seems to be enough movement in that 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 deal looks like it could still get done. So you're going to have another midfielder. Again, we get into it. Do the LA Galaxy need more midfielders? Well, yeah, they do. A defensive midfielder, that would be a good spot well, for them to have. Remember last year, they just kept signing midfielders, and we went into camp with seven or eight midfielders, and then Sebastian got hurt and Baggio got hurt, and it turned out that they needed all those people. Now it seems to be defenders. I think you, you can look at that and you can say there's probably seven defenders that could start. 
Yeah, and, and where do they start? And you have guys like Steris and Romney now who I think performed very well in 2017. Um, and I, you know, you look at the depth chart right now, Steris maybe gets a start next to Siani, um, or maybe he doesn't. Maybe that's Shelvik he gets a start next to, or is Siani starting there? Again, you offload Siani and these defender moves start making a little bit more sense, but that hasn't happened yet, and I don't know that it's going to happen. So that's, I mean, that's a $620,000 contract that the LA Galaxy are possibly looking to even eat and well, just get rid of them. That's one of the things in other sports, and, and MLS has not got to this point. I'd like to see them do more with internal trades. You don't see it like you do in other sports. You know, the Dodgers had that trade where they sent Adrian Gonzalez to Atlanta, took Matt Kemp back, and it was just the salary move. The, the point is you, you, you can position yourself. And so if you look at the Galaxy now with all these defenders, if this was another sport or if MLS had a more robust um, tr- sort of trade platform, you would say the Galaxy are – going to package a couple of these guys and trade them for a forward. That would make total sense. Um, there's the guy in, in Real Salt Lake that uh, that uh, Kurt wanted last year that they almost traded for. Maybe there's a maybe that trade or, or those talks are still going on. Uh, I, I want to give the, the Galaxy the benefit of the doubt on this because it does look like they, they obviously know they need a striker. They have a ton of defenders. They just signed another midfielder. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that all this stuff adds up to something happening in the next week or two that that has not been telegraphed at this point. If it doesn't happen, if they don't address that need by the time camp opens, um, then I think they're in a world of hurt. Yeah, and that could be, by the way, uh, from the chat room, Kevin, somebody asked, uh, the, the LA native, he basically says, I want Cole back. That was his statement. And then he had a more pressing question for you. Uh, is that Kevin's uh, matching city blue Mustang out in the parking lot? Because it's right over your shoulder. I don't know I don't know how to answer that question. So that's up to you. Isn't Absolutely, that- that's mine. Okay. Yes, and and... I would say you should see the license plate if you ever see it in the... I'm afraid somebody's going to do something to your car if, <laughs> if we tell them exactly... I mean, you know, it's just... Let's just say Kevin is a fan of Man City, all right? Just through and through. So, yes, that is his car. That was a good parking spot, by the way, too. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm quirky like that. <laughs> yes, I, so I've heard. <laughs> so I've heard. Uh, we got uh, Perry Kitchen. The, the We talked about Kamara coming to the LA Galaxy and whether or not that's a chance. They, they, still question marks. We'll see if there's any sort of more heat to that, but you're, you're sort of uh, talking to somebody about Kamara and whether or not he's coming certainly puts a little bit of a halt on that. It gets colder to me whenever you hear what you have to say. So, again, no striker. Jossie's artist ain't moving, and it doesn't look like Kamara's coming. Uh, Robin Van Persie possibly still, but that seems like a stretch. Um, so, and uh, again, uh, I've said it before, if the LA Galaxy want to gamble, which I think they're going to have to do, Kevin, they're going to have to gamble on one player guaranteed this season to be, hey, yeah, we know he's old, but we think we can get something out of him. We know he's been injured, but we think we can get something out of him because the price is going to be reduced because he's old and he's injured. And so if you could possibly get Robin Van Persie and he gives you 12 or 13 goals, I mean, that might be that might be the best answer. And people come out to see him. It fills that need. You know, MLS is beyond having to sign players like that to get attention, but... They're not. They're I, not in Los Angeles. I disagree I, with that. Well, I traveled with the Galaxy when Steven Gerrard was still here, and I saw just tons of people with his jersey on. Uh, you know, in Vancouver, the, the first game the Galaxy played uh, that season in Vancouver, it, it was a sellout. It was their first sellout in several years because people had come out to see Steven Gerrard. So, um, uh, you know, Percy would fill that need. But I just worry a little bit about it does like the Galaxy are positioning themselves. They know they need a striker. I'm going to give the, them the benefit of the doubt and say they've, they, they're working on something. But... As we know from the two goalkeepers, they thought they had both those trades done. Both of them so far have fallen through. You know, the Galaxy may think in, in their heart of hearts that they've got a bead on Robin Van Persie or somebody, 
if that doesn't happen by the start of training camp, then um, I don't know what to say. I mean, just it, it would seem like, once again, the front office has been too smart for their own good. I like so far what Siggy has done. Let me let me start by that in terms of what they have added and where they have added. I've I've been a fan of I think every move that has happened uh, in the off season so far. So I, I don't want you to think that it, the problem is that there's 15 spots open. There's no goalkeeper and no striker. That's where I I sort of have to point everybody to and say, hey, you know, how's that working and you know that that type of thing. That's where you have to sit there. So. I mean, again, we, you know, def- we talked about Siani possibly on his way out. We talked about Giossi's artist going to Columbus. That doesn't seem like that's going to happen. So, you know, is he going to go somewhere? Um, we've already seen that Alstead, the goalkeeper from Vancouver, got nixed. It looks like he's possibly going to DC United. So that looks like that may happen. Um, we talk about Bingham. They've got his rights. Whether or not they sign him, we'll see if it happens. Um, they had one where it was uh, Un- Minnesota United's Miguel Ibarra as well, also to the LA Galaxy, possibly. So there are all these things. And then we're the Pato rumor, which I don't discuss anymore because it's ridiculous and I'm done talking about it um but you know all those things so there's there's been these other things that they have been linked to and I think that there are if I had to guess right now I would say that Perry Kitchen is gonna be announced here in the next couple weeks I think that that happens that doesn't solve the striker problem um I think there is gonna be a striker signing I just don't know who it is I mean there has to be a striker signing Kevin you can't not you can't go into 2017 without a striker now well if this roster stays the same without a striker, I would say what I would do, and I'm not a coach, that's why I'm doing this job, put Gio up there and see what happens. If Giassi fails, right. put Gio up there and see what happens because you get so much help behind in midfield. I, I will say I talked to Ziggy very early in the offseason, and I said, when you re- reconstruct this roster, what are you looking for? And it was funny because he he basically said he needs help everywhere. Every position needs to and, – and we saw that with him just dismantling the roster – he said uh, the goalkeeping was bad, and he wanted a goalkeeper that will play the ball out of the back. He didn't want just these booming goal kicks that wind up going to the other team. So he wants a goalkeeper who's a good passer, not quite a sweeper keeper, but a guy that can play the ball out of the back. He said we need help on the defensive on the back line. We gave up too many goals. We've seen that he's addressed that. The midfield he thought would be okay with Sebastian coming back. In fact, you look at that midfield, they probably do have to play five midfielders because... They, they have so many midfielders? Yeah, so many good guys that deserve to play. I mean, really, you look at it, you say, Alessandrini has to play, obviously. Mm, yes. um, Sebastian has to play. I think Boateng deserves to play, although I will argue I think he's more effective off the bench. Um, Jao Pedro is supposed to be your holding midfielder. Jonathan's going to play. Gio's got to play. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that would solve a problem if you move Gio up front, and then you need a striker. And so... One of the things Ziggy said is he said, in front of the net, we need to be more creative and we need to be more aggressive. He thought that everybody was looking for that last pass and no one had sort of the the confidence to take the shot. Everyone was trying to make a pass. So he's addressed his needs in uh, tried to address his needs in goal. He's got some defenders. He hasn't answered the striker question. I was, I was gonna, one of the somebody points out in the uh, in the chat room. I love doing live shows whenever there's a little chat room where we can we can do it. Uh, John Cena Dupont. He he says I still remember paying twenty dollars to watch the Galaxy start Adam Chrisman and Chad Barrett as starting <laughs> forwards. It wasn't I think didn't Chrisman uh, start in an MLS Cup as well? Like and and Chad Barrett may have started in an MLS Cup. Yeah, I mean there's been. 
there's been all sorts of interesting uh, forwards and interesting things uh, that have happened even in the championships years. The problem is that MLS is not in that same sort of vein anymore, and, and things have progressed. And that's really what you're looking at, and especially it's so easy to compare now to, Kevin, because you have LAFC, who's clearly looking a lot like Atlanta United in terms of how they're trying to construct uh, their roster with youth, uh, young DP, um, and, and, and so and, and some of these younger players and have a backbone like this, and, and you can sort of see the style of play. It looks like they're going to be as maybe as, as exciting as Atlanta United, and you have the LA Galaxy building. Now, you have Bob Bradley, who was certainly part of you know MLS 1.0, 1.5, whenever uh, Chivas USA was around, um, but he seems to have gone off, gotten smart, you know, and, and done all these things. By the way, he was always smart, even with Chivas USA, one of some of their best years were under him. Um, but he's gone out, and he's and now he's constructing what looks like a young, quick roster. You go to the LA Galaxy, clearly Dominic Kinnear, 1.0, uh, MLS 1.0, 1.5, Siggy Schmidt, MLS 1.0. Original MLS coach, right? Original MLS coaches. Um, <laughs> these guys are really smart, still have it, but you know, are they constructing it differently? And the one thing about the Adam Lang rumor that sort of it, at least makes me a little nervous is, and we talked about it already in terms of where the LA Galaxy are looking for players and where they're sourcing them. And to me, you know, he's from the French League. Well, Alessandrini was from the French League. You know, Siani was from the French League. Uh, Diallo eventually, you know, at one time uh, became... The know. Galaxy have cornered this French market. No one else seems to think there's anything there. Well, and, and they've had some success with Alessandrini, certainly. Um, Diop even maybe, uh, you know, a little bit in there, a little bit. Um, you know, in different ways that you look at it. But it's just the... You know, why did they sign Siani? And it's sort of like, oh, Siani, well, he was from the French League and we needed a replacement for, our, you know, Yellow Van Damme. And it's like, well, why did you get Yellow Van Damme? And how did that work? And, you know, the, so there were all these things that have sort of come together that the pattern seems to be repeating itself. It doesn't seem to be a new or different pattern under Schmidt right now than it ever was under Vianis and Karofsky and Klein to well, begin with. And, and that's, that's, disconcerting, at least, that maybe they didn't learn anything from last year. Well, you're right, pointing out that that is kind of the Galaxy 2.0 model. Bring in these big European players, some of them big-name players, older guys. I know that we're not bringing in 35-year-old guys anymore. Alison Drini is, what, 28? But still the model is go and get players from Europe and bring them here. Um, With the perception, the public perception, correctly or, or incorrectly, the public perception that by those guys coming here, in the case of Alessandrini, he had sort of played out the string in France, had nowhere to go, came here. When you look at the at MLS 3.0, which is what's happening in Atlanta and with LAFC, it's a totally different model. And here's why I think it might be successful. Um, I think we've talked about this before, but the model is you have a big-name coach, a Tato Martino in Atlanta. You have Bob Bradley here, a guy with uh, Gravitas, uh, international name that can go. The big important thing is here, like Bruce Arena, they can go to an English Premier League club or a championship club and say, hey, you should check out this guy. He's, you know, We've had him two years. He's really good. It, how that fits in is you have LAFC signing Rossi, a young guy, a second youngest DP in MLS history, coming over on a two-year contract. You have Almiron in Atlanta, a young guy coming from Latin America on a two-year contract. What both of those players have apparently been told is come over here, play, get the attention of teams in Europe, and that's how you make the jump to Europe. You're not going to jump from Paraguay or Uruguay straight to Europe. You need to have an intermediate step. MLS is a good place. We will pay you. You will, have, you will live in a good environment. You will take care, we will take care of you. In a sense, MLS is, are these teams at least are trying to fill the role that some of these Russian teams have played for so long. So many 
EPL players came out of Russia. But do you want to go to the Ukraine where there's a war going on? Do you want to put up with that cold weather, the instable government? You may get paid, you may not. Having these guys come to the United States with the promise that we will try to position you in a situation where you can j make that jump to Europe to the big money seems to be, to me, a much better game plan than taking guys who have played out the string in Europe and bringing them over here. Why? But, well, because one thing, I think some of them aren't motivated. You're telling these young kids, this is your step up to multi-million dollar contract right. in the Premier League. It just seems like a much, a, a, a much better model, and I think those teams are very smart to take advantage of that. Yeah, they should be. I mean, listen, I, it's still so... And I do this all the time on Twitter. I know some people have said, the Galaxy aren't doing anything. They need to do something. And I'm always sitting there, I'm like, pump the brakes, relax. Iron's in the fire. 22 days, you know, 21 days still remaining until they go to preseason. There's time. There's time. And I guarantee that the Galaxy go to camp with at least 21 or 22 players, maybe 20 at the, at the low end, 20 players signed to the roster, and then there might be, you know, 8, 9, 12, 14 guys who are also in preseason who are going to fight for those other spots. Once you have 20, Kevin, 1 through 20 is the salary cap range, okay? Those are your senior players, senior roster players. Those are the guys that, you know, sort of make the whole salary cap. And then you have guys outside of that who are actually outside of the salary cap. So you're one through 20 are your most important players. And then you just get depth through that. And that's fine. The LA galaxy, by my counts have three forwards and I'm counting some guys as forwards. Uh, I didn't count Giovanni dos Santos as one, just counted his, him as a midfielder, uh, six defenders and six midfielders right now. All right. So th it's good. No, by the way, zero goalkeepers. <laughs> I should put that you have a lot of goals without that. With <laughs> But but they still have time to do it, and I think that they're. I still think they're smart signs. I think that Shelvick was a smart signing. Um, I think that Felcher could be a small a smart signing. Maybe he's a little slow, but he's very good in terms of his footwork and his, some of his distribution and being able to ride guys off of the uh, ball. Ashley Cole is not a fast defender. Okay, speed can burn Ashley Cole, but he gets in front of players. He but plays he's angles. Smart. Yeah. He's smart. Yeah, and I think Felcher can be that same guy. So you, you, you look at this, they still have a lot to do. Clearly, they have a ton to do. Um, the, the draft is coming up, which, by the way, don't expect any major impacts. I mean, you're going to get a guy in the, in the first round, your second overall pick, um, which is the LA Galaxy's natural selection. You're going to get a guy who is going to be on the roster, at least, uh, with that signing. So we'll see. Maybe they even go after a generation Adidas guy, um, which means that the, <laughs> the salary cap is, it, it doesn't have to, you don't have to worry about that. So... There's, there's going to be at least one person picked from the draft. I'll go to the LA Galaxy. You do have four picks overall in the draft, but the first and second round is where you're going to do it, and the LA Galaxy pick 17th in the second round. Now, their last draft picks that had an impact were, I believe, Omar <laughs> Gonzalez and A.J. Del Garza. Tommy, Tommy 2009, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. uh, I agree with you. I want to be optimistic, too, and the reason I want to be optimistic is because Ziggy Schmidt is too smart and too accomplished um, to, to, to screw up this badly. Uh, and that's why I'm saying that I believe the Galaxy do know what they're doing. They do have a target. They are about to sign, or at least believe they have the ability to sign a striker. Ziggy made no bones about it in coming into the offseason that he needed somebody up front that the people he had on the roster, he didn't have confidence in them, uh, be able to fill that role. So I, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, uh, like, like you, that there are irons in the fire and that... He, Obviously, the Galaxy have not missed the fact that they don't have a striker. Yeah, yeah. If, if we know it, they know. It. But I do, I do believe if Ashley Cole say were to come back and they they've burned that last international spot, 
I don't see where they get a striker because uh, they'd have to acquire an international. I just don't see them uh, obtaining anybody unless the Kamara, they know the Kamara trade is going to happen. Um, you know, that would be an upgrade. Unless they know something like that is going to happen, um, there's no striker in MLS that they're going to be able to get. Yeah, it's uh, it, the clock's ticking. Uh, LA Galaxy do have, like I said, four selections in the 2018 MLS Super Draft. I'll give you those uh, selections in terms of what round and where they pick. So they have the first round, second pick overall. Behind um, LAFC. Behind LAFC, correct. Uh, round two, they have the 17th pick in round two. That's the 40th overall pick. Um, and they acquired that from the Brian Rowe trade to Vancouver. Uh, round three, they have the second pick in round three, which is the 48th overall natural selection. So that's their natural. And then they have the 21st pick in round four. Uh, 90th overall pick, which, by the way, just throw that one out, uh, acquired from Columbus for from for John Kempen. You know what? Sam Darnold should be a guy they look at. <laughs> what's, what's, do I do I miss that one? What's what's I'm that? I'm sort of just molding the Cotton Bowl experience and USC football with. What's going on with the galaxy? All right, I gotcha. All right, a little, a little uh, back and forth. All right, we're we're about out of time here. Um, we're about out of voice. Actually. Yeah, I was gonna say we're both sort of uh, at about out our limits here. If you have any phone calls, now would be the time to get them in nine four nine seven three four four two one seven. If we haven't answered your question, if you want to uh, send us a question either in the chat room or you can do it uh, on Twitter, you have about five minutes remaining. Our studio say. audience is live. Studio audience is beginning to fall asleep. I was gonna say it's it's really exciting <laughs> listening to people talk about the LA Galaxy. I mean, you know, if anybody. Ever, I've always said this. The studio is open. If you ever want to come into the studio and watch me do a live show on Thursday nights, you're more than welcome to do it. Um, I don't know why. I've had people do it. There were three people in here once who came in and, and seemed to enjoy themselves. Um, oh, there is one question somebody had. now About uh, my car again? About your car. Yeah. <laughs> How many miles on it? Is it for sale? Um, no, the, uh, the, the kit info. Somebody was asking if you could possibly... Just release any more details about the LA Galaxy kit. I know you were sworn to secrecy. Yeah. You don't have to. I'm not putting. I don't want you to get in trouble here. But is there anything that? You, it's white. I mean, <laughs> that, that's right. There, there. Last year they did the the blue kit. It, it, for those of you who don't know, Adidas does all the kits for MLS, and every year, it, with the European teams, they introduce new kits home and away every year. The belief of MLS and the Adidas people is that the league is too young and that people are still becoming acclimated to the league. So what they do is they introduce either a home or an away kit each year. So one of the two kits are changed every year. That's a long way to say that this year they're doing the home kit. It will be white. It will have the, the what do you, slash? The sash. sash. The sash, yes. It will have a sash. The sash is a little bit wider and a little bit more colorful. Um, other than that, uh, I don't think there's a lot of changes that you're going to notice uh, to the uniform. By the way, I have to say, our studio audience, my long-suffering wife, went with me to the Adidas facility. She knows some of the secrets. So, so I'll, might, I'll I'll get it from her. Go, uh, yeah, that's but right. How many how how many guys have a wife that would go with him to Munich to watch Bundesliga soccer when it's uh, below freezing, and then take a train to Nuremberg in order to go to the Adidas factory to listen to people talk about kits and World Cup soccer balls? Pretty special studio That's, audience here. I was going to say, you're trending on thin ice, mister. <laughs> I, you're you're going to have to stay local here for a little while. Next year, she gets to pick the vacation, okay? Yeah, we've yeah. already done that. I think we're going to La Liga. <laughs> <laughs> that, that works. That works. Uh, we do have one more question uh, via Twitter, uh, and this brings up a good point that I want to remind everybody else. Uh, Eduardo uh, Campos says, uh, Yo, Josh, my birthday is on the 16th of February, and I'll be going to your open house on the 17th of February. We are doing an open house here at Corner of the Galaxy Studios. I have some things planned, hopefully, 
Lake and announce some more things. I'm going to have an auction of some sorts because I have too much stuff here at the COG Studios. So there will be some things we can do that we are going to do for the Galaxy Foundation. Okay, so I, I'm going to tell you that right now that if you uh, if you donate money, we're going to donate it to the LA Galaxy Foundation because I really like that, and uh, hopefully we'll have some some cool things for you guys to sort of take and bid on. But uh, Ed- Eduardo wants to know. He goes, my question is, will you take a shot with me for my birthday? on the 17th, whenever he comes to the open house. I, I think the answer has to be yes. Oh, I'll take more than one. There you go. So there you go. Kevin's in, I'm in. So February 17th is the open house. I'll release more details on that. Remember, the LA Galaxy will be hosting the San Jose Earthquakes at the Great Park in Orange County, which is approximately 10 or 12 minutes from the studio right here. It's just down the freeway. So we're going to invite everybody to come over to the corner of the Galaxy Studios at about 9 a.m., um, which, by the way, Kevin has not been up before 9 a.m. in like two years. The so. studio audience may be driving that that's, day. That's, right. You can sleep in the car. That's but, uh, You yeah. know, an, another thing, there could be some celebrities here for that. <laughs> We're just some famous people and or mascots. I'll just leave it at that. We, we, we'll see if we can make it work. Uh, that's one of the things maybe maybe we can we can work you out. You could meet the studio audience. We, exactly. That's what we can do. <laughs> She's but a Man the, City fan too. But but the studio will be open here um, so you guys can come in. Uh, I'll have, you know, you can see the scarves. Uh, we can we can do some fun things. I'm supposed to have some beverages. We'll see if we have some maybe some finger foods and stuff like that. Uh, you can come in, take pictures in the studio. You can sit down in the chair. You can pull the microphone up. You can pretend like you're recording. Uh, you can play the intro and do your own intro if you want to as well. I'm, I'm up for all of that stuff. So I and did, we'll be screening the silent version of Bo Derek and Perfect Ten. <laughs> that's right. Black and white on a projector. Reel to reel, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Film strip. Uh, film strip. There we go. So that's how it'll work. So that's, uh, again, coming up on February 17th. So uh, no more calls doesn't look like. I think we've answered everybody's questions. Um, this has been fun having doing a, a New Year's Day sort of show. It was a good opportunity for us again to talk about the LA Galaxy uh, getting ready. Just 21 days until preseason, 62 days until the LA Galaxy start their season. So Things are happening very quickly. You can, of course, follow on Instagram. As I count down the days every five days, I put a picture up there just to remind people. And y'all been giving me crap since I started at like 65 days. And now what are you going to say when it's only 20? Uh, so things are things are happening. Things are coming to a head. And I, Kevin, I'm with you. And this is our best guess. I have not been told anything, although I did reach out and call some people today. But, gee, what do you know? Like, people are doing a holiday stuff or something. They don't want to call me back. Uh, But I do expect some signings to happen either this week or early next week. I think that there's been some stuff sort of built up. I think they've been talking to you. Maybe, yeah. You could be a striker. I could be a striker. That's I don't think it's going to happen. All right. Uh, Let's see. Anything else, Kevin, you want to get to before we're done? No, I think we're good. All right. Thank good? the studio audience. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, very good. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and, uh, and wrap this one up. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at KBaxter11. And, of course, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and at Galaxy Podcast. And follow Mr. Baxter over there uh, at the LA Times as well, writing wonderful articles about everything covering soccer. Uh, drag, driving a blue car. Driving a blue car, <laughs> drag racing, everything else in between. So if you see Kevin on the freeway, uh, be nice to him. All right. All right. For uh, Mr. Kevin Baxter, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the box, a very special uh, New Year's edition right here on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Everyone have a wonderful New Year's. We will, of course, be back on Thursday for another live show of 2018 with some more LA Galaxy news, anything that breaks between now and then. All right. Mr. Kevin Baxter says adios. I say adios. Everyone have a great holiday, and we will talk to you very, very soon. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the Box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast 
And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.